Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 94th episode of the You Thought Sport Podcast. We are creeping up on 100. We're, we're getting there, folks. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, but I'm not here with the usual cohort, or some of the usual <laughs> cohort, but it's, it's a smaller crew this week. Uh, it's going to be Jared, Lucas, and myself, Aiden, um, Wyatt, and Bart rip to them. Um, we don't care about their opinions anyway, so it's fine. Exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> Why it will be appearing yeah. via voice That's recording true. for That's part true. of it. Right? <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> via hologram, why it will be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> part of this. Um, but per usual, we're going to start out with the news we missed, uh, particularly stuff that we're not going to cover in detail. We will have plenty of CFB talk, but um, that's that's the biggest news last week, at least as far as we're concerned. Uh, first week of college football, pretty eventful week of college football. Um, some some pretty serious week one matchups. We had Georgia and Clemson, a defensive battle that Georgia took. Uh, we had Bama dominating as expected, but maybe even more so than expected with Bryce Young um, really killing Miami. A bunch of surprisingly close games that we'll talk about a bit in the episode. Um, and, and some upsets involving uh, the the UNCs and UWs of the world, um, mm-hmm. but um, and, yeah, d- tough. Um, and we've got a new AP poll, of course, as a result, and uh, mm-hmm. some some movers and shakers um, as a result of that one. Georgia bumping up to two, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Notre Dame Fighting Irish yeah. are up one place in eight. Because they really proved something to the world. In, hey, that was <laughs> in a that grit. Game. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm firmly of the belief that if you lose, you should not still be ranked sixth, no matter what the case. If your record is 0 and 1, I know. I think that's yeah. fair. I think that's a fair ranking. You don't know how them. good George is. It's, 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 <laughs> pretty take, sure. We'll get, we have a good. We'll get to, We'll get to this later. You shouldn't do rankings until like week, at least week six or something. No, like no. Oh, okay, so well, I'll get to we that. I'll anything. respond to that later then. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> um, in our, our last bit of college football news, we missed um, some some local news between Lucas and <laughs> Wyatt. Uh, there was a, a bet that went on over the Ohio State-Minnesota game. Um, Lucas bet that Ohio State would win by 10 or less. Is that true? Yes. Um, and oh. it... it didn't quite work out fairly close not, yeah it was, it was i mean 14. they won by 14 right <laughs> so uh, but anyway i believe that lucas has a pre- prepared statement for us uh that he'd like to um make our listeners hear yes i would love to i lucas mason moyer was wrong to challenge wyatt on his football knowledge i was not in the correct <laughs> mindset when i approached wyatt even after my mistakes wyatt a guy who gets it right ludacker graciously welcomed <laughs> me back with open arms into this week's podcast not only is Wyatt smart and humble, but he is also forgiving. I should have recognized that Ohio State's collars were too blue to be beaten by a baby blue collar team like Minnesota. I appreciate, too, that he welcomed me back and then chose not to show off. Yeah. <laughs> Kidding, of course. Wyatt is, we love him. He will be back soon. And I agree with every word that I just stated. Yes. And we don't plan to That's challenge him again. That's, uh-huh. yeah, this is kind of. I'm coming time. after him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when he comes back of, next week. A lot of prepared statements. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Out the Our weekly prepared statements about how Wyatt's amazing. Um, but, <laughs> which I'm not questioning that. He is, um, obviously, per the prepared statement. Um, but in other news we missed, we had uh, Derek Jeter got inducted to the Hall of Fame. Um, apparently there was only one Raider who didn't vote for him. I know this is old news at this point when the voting happened, but uh, almost unanimous. Yeah. So yeah. called him out in his speech, though, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was it. Was Show probably Jeter. a writer that like yeah. Derek Jeter was like kind of snarky to one time, so he's like, "I'm not, I'm not voting he's Derek like, Jeter into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'm gonna show Derek Jeter." Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. But. Uh, but... Um, and our last bit of news we missed, or this isn't news we've missed, but news that's coming up. We have the NFL starting this weekend, uh, starting Thursday night. The opening night matchup is Tampa versus who? The Cowboys. <laughs> the Cowboys. Are you kidding me? And Dak Prescott, uh, my king. The wow, Dak Prescott it's... revenge tour starts tomorrow. <laughs> it begins. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> But anyway, jumping into our first real topic of the week, we touched on it briefly in the intro, but college football had its first week um, over the weekend. 
It was highlighted by some sloppy offensive displays, some shock halftime deficits, some defensive struggles, and FCS teams either beating ranked teams or playing them way too close. And uh, to, to start out with our takes on this week one, we have a prepared recording from Wyatt, who is not with us today, but still wanted to make his feelings known. So we're going to start out with that. After watching this first week of college football, I think my biggest takeaway is that the NCAA championship game isn't going to be who we think it is. Uh, over the weekend, I didn't really feel very impressed by Oklahoma or Clemson. I know that Clemson is probably just a bad week. Georgia's probably a lot better. They have a good defense. But there's also a chance that the DJ quarterback is far more Kelly Bryant than he is Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson. We said it with the Green Bay Packers. What are the chances they go from quarterback to great quarterback to great quarterback? He might be a talented guy, but there's also a chance that they just work out a lot of the bumps this year, and then in the next couple of years, they go on to win some championships. Uh, we, I know Georgia was impressive against Clemson, but we know that Georgia, alongside Notre Dame, are not real championship favorites. They're going to fall out at some point during this year. Notre Dame might even, hey, you might make it to the top four, but you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and, of course, overall, Nick Saban is just worlds ahead of everybody else. They're really in a class of their own. It's not even close. Lucas, you said that Notre Dame and or Clemson and Alabama were in a class, and then Oklahoma and Clem and Notre Dame and Ohio State were in a class below that. I think that we can just move Alabama up to the class by themselves. To go from Hurts to Tua to Jones to Bryce Young, who looks pretty much just as good as all of them, is incredible. They scout really well. They get really good offensive recruits. And for a guy who is probably the best defensive mind in football, he's learned to adjust tremendously, getting good offensive uh, coordinators and adding just really, really, really good talent on the outsides for sure. Oh, and Ohio State, (laughs) the bluest of all blue collars. I think... We got to win the Big Ten. I think it's clear that the Big Ten is the second best conference in college football right now. And I'll tell you what, Ryan Day, he's a real deal. I, I, I actually do, on a serious note, I actually do like Ohio State a lot. Uh, of course, I'm a big fan, but, you know, they, they did look like, to me, the second best team in college football. I think that Georgia obviously gets that nod this week because I did knock off Clemson, but, man. I think that there's going to be a year for parity outside of Alabama where Alabama is going to be facing maybe a Florida if it comes down to it. Or, you know, a lot of teams in the playoffs might be one or two losses. It's interesting to me. Okay, the one thing I agree with Wild on, we can parse through that, that prepared statement bit by bit. But I do think it is going to be a good year for parity outside of Alabama. Like, I think that we it was made very clear this weekend that Alabama – is was and remains in a class of their own like they can just go they can lose offensive firepower they can lose defensive firepower they can do whatever and they're still just worlds better than anyone else but i don't know like especially after this weekend who exactly is going to be the team to challenge them because like wyatt said even though um you know georgia won and it was very impressive when the offense didn't score a touchdown that might be a concern I still think I personally still think that they're probably the second best team at this point based just on that performance. But I can understand where you would see the struggles from. Uh, Oklahoma did not look great, like Wyatt said. Ohio State did not look great, and even though Wyatt seems to disagree, I, I don't think they look great either. They look better than Oklahoma, but not great still. Clemson obviously lost. Notre Dame didn't look great. I have no faith in Iowa State. Or like any of those teams. Like I just don't know who outside like who's gonna make the playoff outside of Alabama at this point. It could be anybody. Maybe it's Texas AM. Uh hmm. maybe it's Iowa. Maybe it's Cincy. Like I don't know. I just think it is going to be a good year for parity outside of Alabama. Alabama will win the title, but to see who goes into the other three playoff spots I think is gonna be a really interesting battle. I don't I disagree actually. I think the playoffs are gonna be exactly who we think they are. It's gonna be Alabama. Ohio State, Clemson, and then either Georgia or Oklahoma, really. When you really look at, like, the the makeup of those conferences, nobody's going to stand in, like Wyatt said, nobody's going to stand in Ohio State's way, to be honest. I don't think, maybe Wyatt thinks that Penn State, like, is the reason why Big Ten's the second best conference and everything. 
But like we said on uh, the college football episode, I'm not sold on Penn State at all. Clemson has an absolute cupcake of a schedule, and if they go, if they run the table, they're getting in the playoff no matter what. If they're only losses to Georgia, then I think it comes down to Georgia, Oklahoma, maybe Texas. Who knows? Sneaks in there and like takes that away from Oklahoma, but. I think it really comes down to the Big 12 winner, I guess, and a second SEC team. I don't think like UCLA is going to run the table and really get a spot in there. You know, we'll see. hopefully they do. I think that'd be fun, but we'll see. Uh, Oregon's going to get clobbered by Ohio State most likely this weekend. Um, and I think judging Clemson specifically on this one game is a little unfair. We saw DJ like in saying like DJ is more Kelly Bryant than Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he came in and torched our, like, let's be honest, he came in and torched our defense, which was a good defense at Notre Dame last year in his first ever game, right? Now he's playing Georgia, which they are super well coached, super fun defense to watch. And I, I think and it, I think the bigger problem is that ETN's gone. They had a wide receiver out as well. And we just, I think they just need some time. And they basically have, what, a bunch of, I think Joel Klatt mentioned this. They have like 15 weeks to prepare before they face another team that might be on the same <laughs> level as Georgia, right? So who who's to say how good they could be when that comes around? And they still have they just they have so much talent. When you look at the recruiting classes, I think by the time they meet another team that's on that level, it'll be a different story. I just don't know if a a, a 12 and one Clemson team deserves. Yeah, they're 100 percent getting in. Do you, yeah. do you think there's any way the committee would let them out? Like why it's saying, I guess my big issue is why it's saying the like finals aren't going to look like what we think they're going to look like. I think they're going to look exactly what they've looked like the last four years, basically. Just when you look at the, what is in front of the, the top four teams, I don't really know that there's actually that much parody. I just think we don't know enough about the teams to say that yet, though. Honestly, like we have, I you know we don't obviously we don't, but we I'm making guesses and based off of historical yeah. data, right? These teams are pretty much in it every year, and they haven't shown any signs of signs of slowing down in terms of talent or coaching is pretty continuous from among those programs as well, right? Yeah, but to the extent that like we Clemson did not look supremely talented against Georgia this past weekend, I think that that's they didn't get blown out. No, but they didn't win. They held they held they, Georgia's off like you said, they held Georgia's offense to no touchdowns. It was pretty good. But they also scored no points. So like they also <laughs> scored no touchdowns. So like I, I don't know. Like I just like I'm not sold on the idea that Clemson is gonna be an elite team this year or that even a twelve and one Clemson team would deserve to get in if they just won out against their current schedule. Who do they play? Yeah. I mean it's the same argument Cincinnati faces every year. I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah. But if there's that parody where they're like no one is like dominant, then twelve and one's probably gonna be good enough, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's kind of hard to see them, yeah, losing to anyone else on their schedule, especially seeing the rest of the ACC showing over yeah. the weekend. If they were even less impressive mm-hmm. somehow, um, but I don't think you're wrong, like Lucas. That I, like I think outside of um, Bama and Clemson, and I guess Georgia, there's a good chance that they'll make it, even if they do say like lose in the SEC title game, but. Um, yeah. I'm not sold on Ohio State making it from the Big Ten. I don't know if there's a better Big really? Ten team. Yeah, um, that's what I was going to ask. But, yeah, but I could, I could see this being a year that the Big Ten strikes out because they didn't look super impressive. Mm. Um, and I could see a Penn State or, yeah, maybe an Iowa um, trying to take a claim to that. Um, and the Big 12, like, obviously what remains of the Big 12, or they, they've still got a couple good years left. Um, but mm-hmm. I could see, like, Texas, I don't know, being – potentially making a surge and being the best team in the big 12 this year because yeah mm-hmm. oklahoma did not look and again it's it's week one could be they you know look great next week um but given that iowa state and oklahoma both had such lackluster showings maybe mm-hmm. maybe texas jumps in and um tries to take it or maybe no one else impresses and this is finally the year that since he gets it or gets a shot yeah that's not happening though. Let's be honest. Yeah, probably, probably not. No. <laughs> you think, even if they beat, you think even if they beat Notre Dame? That's true though. They do have a yeah, big, a marquee game. A marquee yeah. game. Yeah. They'll just discount Notre Dame probably like they always, they always try to do. I know the committee Notre- loves Notre Dame. To be fair, the yeah. Media I was gonna say <laughs> Notre Dame is not an underdog <laughs> by any means in the eyes of the committee. We like the fact that we made it yeah. last year. I think is proof of that. We love the committee on this podcast. <laughs> let it let it be known. <laughs> yes. I think I think though we'll that see. if if Texas and um or UCLA don't like run the table 
it's going to be the same four teams we see every year, to be honest. I think they're the only disrupt. And Cincy, Texas, UCLA are like the disruptors. Other than that, I don't think. And maybe Oregon can can freaking steal one from the Buckeyes this week, but I see pretty much zero chance of that happening. We've made no mention of A and M. Are we just discounting them at all as like a possibility to make? No, they it? they seem like a serious possibility. Yeah. yeah, I've never been a fan of A and M. I haven't seen enough of their quarterback yet. I wasn't a Kellen Mond fan, so we'll see. I haven't seen any of their quarterback to be honest. I didn't watch their game since they're playing Kent State yeah. or whoever they were playing. <laughs> impressive yeah. win over Kent State <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah I don't know there's just something about them that always seems underwhelming to me and I cannot explain yeah. to you why and I feel bad saying that but like I just I have no faith that they'll like make it through their schedule like in any like undefeated right like, so they, that it's, they're in the they west so they have to play Bama and Bama, yeah. Auburn who just got oh. ranked LSU who knows <laughs> I don't know who yeah. knows about LSU but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We'll see. But I don't know. Yeah, they I have just... Ole Miss, too. You know? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. No, I don't have anything else to say that. I agree. Like, I just think that there's, like, no chance they actually, like, sneak in. Like, if they can beat Bama in that game, which isn't going to happen. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, then maybe. But, like, yeah. I just think that, like, I don't consider them, like, necessarily a legitimate contender in my head. Yeah. Do we think that the uh, preseason rankings this year were like worse than usual or yes? No, I didn't do any research to back it up, but they seem pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think 10 teams lost. And like, obviously some of that skewed because I think there were five ranked matchups. Yeah. So yeah. five teams had to lose, but yeah. But, I mean, but even, even like Iowa state looking terrible, Oklahoma, not looking good. Notre Dame, not looking good. And like, um, the big one, like North Carolina losing to Virginia Tech, which apparently we were dead wrong about that team. I don't know. Sorry, Justin. Well, I want to quantify. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we own that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just, I, I, I alluded to this in the beginning of the episode. I don't think preseason rankings should exist. It doesn't matter. Like, you really don't know how good a team is until, like, I think four or five games in the season. I think the college football playoff committee gets it right. In that, like, yeah. you until you see teams' full body of work, like, there's no purpose in ranking the teams. It's just like a marketing ploy. It's like, oh, the number that's, three team is playing the number eight yeah. team, and like, yeah. but that's why it should be ranked. It. That's why I, sh- it, I think they no, should no, be. No, but there, it, it degrades the value of the no, sport. And yeah, no, it does. doesn't. If, if, if you're Are you kidding? One, if you're ranked one, you're there until you lose. Absolutely. There's no like. It doesn't matter how bad you play. In almost every case, you don't fall in the rankings unless you lose. But has, has, when was the last time teams, that the number one teams? team was unjustified? It's been Bama every year, Clemson. Okay, but okay, <laughs> spread it across the whole poll. How many teams this week won and fell in the rankings? Uh, two, I think. Okay. Just two. There's no way that after watching that week one of college football, you decide that only two teams are worse than they were before. It's just they set a standard at the beginning of the season. And then they're like, oh, well, whatever, we were right back in August. So, like, you know, until they lose, we'll grade them differently. I just feel like that's how sports work, though, in general. It's all yeah. wins and loss based. It's like, I know ranking should be, like, who actually looks the best. But everything's mm-hmm. just, did you win or did you lose? Like, but it doesn't, but losing sense. doesn't even matter. Yeah. Clemson's yeah. still sixth. Was, yeah, but matters. that's because they, they, they lost to from, Georgia. But like, yeah, they <laughs> three to six. Yeah, I agree that they probably should have fallen farther. But they were playing probably, like, a team that, like could confidently say is the second best in the country based on what we know at the moment. Yeah. Why is UNC still yeah. ranked? They lost. That's a they went down to twenty fourth. Yeah. 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 They shouldn't be ranked at all. They shouldn't oh my be ranked god. At all, no, they, it's, right. Well, I think the the I, rankings kind of start back on the recruiting rankings. Are like okay, that's yeah, that's kind of what the first judgment doesn't matter. Off, right? That doesn't matter. No, like, but at all. But but I think it is important though for like would Virginia Tech have been such a big occasion and crowd if unc was not a top 10 team at that time i don't think so in it's terms totally of a marketing like, thing and i'm all for yeah, it yeah exactly <laughs> that's what i think is good i think like google uh if you look at the games on google or safari whatever it is google chrome mm-hmm. it doesn't show the rankings and i think it makes it harder to, to like pinpoint what game should i be watching to like watching <laughs> this weekend and i think that's a good thing about the rankings is, is it, it it and that's oh, the good thing about college thing. football is that it, it, the atmosphere and like the event and spectacle of it is helped by that so i don't have a problem with it i don't care about the subjectivity the committee also usually is not as skewed by the ap rankings as um 
other like the coaches pull or whatever. Yeah, and they and they wait and the the one that actually matters they wait until the last part of the season. So what's the yeah. problem with it? Because yeah, I don't know. I just it just bugs me the fact that like because yeah, yeah. this, like, this is I, I, all I we have. Fair. This is all yeah. we have for eight weeks. Like this is the only thing I can base like. My yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't believe that they're like the people at the college football player rankings are like not skewed by this in any way whatsoever. Okay, well like, yeah. there's no way they're like completely. No. Like, I would honestly be in favor if the college football playoff wanted to start ranking people in week four and there were no rankings before that. Like, I like rankings, too, but I just think they're completely on... Like, you can't justify any of it until, like, at least a few weeks into the season. Like, there'll be... Remember That's Penn fine, State, though, I think. Penn State started yeah. last year, like, eighth or ninth and then started 0-4. Like... Well, like, that's the fun. That's like kind of the fun part about it. You, is it gets it's getting you talking, right? It's getting then that's yeah. like what well, a lot of what college football is. I don't know. It's just meaningless. Like, what's the point of doing something meaningless other than making more money? Like, but that's kind of the point. It is meaningless. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no yeah. actual point. Like, you know, the the fact that the rankings are the way they are this week, they could be wrong, but they don't have any concrete impact. So, like, you know, that's I'm okay I don't with think it that... being an approximation. I agree that it's not a great approximation sometimes, but. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I don't think the rankings are meaningless. So you want to know something meaningless is like preseason All Americans. <laughs> like you haven't even played yeah. a, a snap, and you're already <laughs> considering a, like an All American or whatever. That's that's dumb. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> I like. I think too. Like I love to hate it as well, and there's just something appealing about that. Um, and so, like, I don't know. I, I want to keep it just for that because it's just like ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, I want yeah. I just really like the idea, Jared, now of someone having a bunch of like preseason All Americans on their resume. No, like actual <laughs> yeah. Americans. You just like. Funny. <laughs> I wonder who is the most without actually getting. A... <laughs> anyway, um, but okay. All right, last one. Last question: um, Has the outlook for Notre Dame changed from our opinions last week after the Florida State game that they squeaked out in OT? Um. I'm definitely shakier. I was. I'm not gonna go and book that we're going 12 and 0 anymore, like I was thinking I was going to. But uh, our schedule kind of got a lot, of, a little, a lot weaker too with uh, <laughs> Wisconsin and North Carolina losing. So maybe it's not as tough as we thought. Um, we'll see how Toledo goes. Obviously, I'm not watching it because it's on Peacock. But um, you don't. We don't know how good FSU is. My my. <laughs> I feel like FSU is going to end up being like a three and nine team. Cause that's just how FSU goes nowadays. But um, maybe, maybe they turned it around. Who knows? Yeah, Mackenzie Milton's a great, he was fifth in the Heisman voting in 2018. Yeah. If you, if you're that good a quarterback leading your team, you can't go wrong. I thought stuff that happened in the past didn't matter to this season though, Lucas. A player can still be as good. A collective entity changes between year to year. But the collective it's, entity is based on the players. The, right? Yeah, but some players aren't even there anymore. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Or, or new. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's like saying that it's like it's like saying, well, Tom Brady could be good now because he was good ten years ago. That makes sense. But you could also say like. Because tenure is but much it, different than saying like. But this is one I, year. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I, I might no, just you're right, myself you're right. into a hole. No, I, I see the point. <laughs> okay, moving on to some NFL predictions. Uh, we're going to start off with some NFL award predictions, um, um, with the caveat that these are made up awards. Um, so we're we're each going to go through an award that we're giving out. Um, and some of these actually aren't really awards. They're just titles, uh, good <laughs> or bad. Preseason um, All-Americans. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, but we're going to start out with you, Lucas. Who is the superstar with the most pressure entering the season? I'm going to go for Russell Wilson. Yeah. Uh, I think every year for the past few years, there's been a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson. He is almost every year the thing standing between the Seahawks and abject mediocrity. Mm. Um, he's been elite for close to a decade at this point, playing at MVP level, even though he's never won one. Um, but I think the clock is kind of ticking. Uh, not everybody is Tom Brady and can play till they're dead. Um, there's only <laughs> like so much longer he can prop up the Seahawks as they sort of fail to really build around him. And I think this year, maybe into next year, are going to be one of the last few shots that the Seahawks have contending with him. Um, and so I think there's a lot of pressure on him to sort of deliver finally, maybe an MVP, and maybe 
a deep playoff to Super Bowl run this year. Um, so yeah, Russell Wilson, superstar with the most pressure this year. Yeah, <clears throat> that seems reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't love the Seahawks outlook this no, season I, or I, in future. Well, you seasons, said, I think you said so, that last year yeah. too, though, and they went they I went did. twelve and four. I so, <laughs> Jared, I'm, I'm going to use it till it works. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway for my choice for superstar with the most pressure i'm going with baker um i think Mm. baker there's he's gonna have pressure on himself because he's playing for that big contract they haven't Mm. extended him yet um you you know he's looking for that that dac money or the you know not not patrick mahomes money but you know uh, (laughs) the the vague ballpark Um, and i think the pressure is on for the browns given that they made some serious moves over in the offseason like obviously last year they made the playoffs um like they were a contender heading out of last year. They only got better over the course of the offseason. Also, Baker had like a, a kind of a breakout year last year. He le- like legitimately looked like, you know, a top level QB for the first time. Um, and if there's a regression in a contract year and in a year where there's finally expectations around the Browns to some degree, um, I think I think that's going to um, cause a lot of pressure around him. And obviously they have a very tough conference. That's not going to help matters. Uh, for Baker. I'm rooting for Baker, but I think there's going to be a lot of pressure. No, I think that's fair. Um, I feel like there'll be talks, too, if he does sort of underwhelm this year of whether he's really the guy there. Because he had a really good year last year, but other than that, he has not been super impressed. He's not been the reason they've been winning. So, like, I think that, like, there'll be mutterings of, like, maybe he's not the one to do it for us, and we need to cash in on our window of opportunity. Yeah. No, because that definitely like last year he definitely silenced those at least temporarily. But they were yeah. they were always going on, and we'll see if they return. Um, but I hope not. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, moving on to breakout star Jared, who is your pick? I really like this pick. Actually, I think it's going to be Henry Ruggs with the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, a lot of the media, by the way, are. are uh, I, I read this on a Raiders like fan nation page or whatever. That a lot of the media are all of a sudden pretty high on Derek Carr. I watch a lot of Colin Coward. He's really high on him. Keyshawn Johnson apparently said he's one of like only one of the five like elite quarterbacks in the NFL, which is maybe a little suspect of a take, but okay, I'll give it to you. But now that Nelson Aguilar is out of town, he and Darren Waller are the top two options there. Um, he's definitely, I, I would say he's the top wide receiver option there with another second year receiver on the other side. But I think this could be something similar to like the Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey relationship. They both get to eat on that offense. The, the limiting factor is is Gruden as great of an offensive mind as Andy Reid is. Like, Gruden hasn't really – White's talked about this. Gruden hasn't really put it together yet uh, in Las Vegas. Um, and I think that's the worry. That's, like, the limiting factor is, is Gruden kind of like, how, is he going to get that team meshing? But I, I expect a lot from Henry Ruggs this year as well as Derek Carr. I considered him – I considered uh, picking him for an, another a segment we'll have yeah. later, but I didn't end up doing it, but – Henry Ruggs, breakout star. Yeah. I like that pick. I can see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alvin receiver. They're always good in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. This is time yeah. Sure time. thing. So, yeah. It yeah. uh-huh. wasn't a sure thing. Yeah, well, I, I, to be yeah, honest, too, yeah. I, was, I wrote this. Is I think Jerry, Judy, and Jalen Waddell, to be honest, are better receivers. But I think they have more iffy quarterback situations. So, that's yeah, why I absolutely. Went, uh, that's Ruggs. true. I also didn't want to pick a, ro- a rookie in uh, Jalen Waddell. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's fair. Uh, Anyway, speaking of rookies, we're going to move on to king of the rookie QBs. Uh, I'm going to start. I'm not picking Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think I think he won't. I'm going to book it now. He's not going to finish top three in NFL offensive rookie of the year voting. Um, wow. I'm, um, I agree with that. Um, I'll co-sign um, on that book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I don't know if that's Trevor's fault, but um, I think that's going to be the case. I'm going with Zach Wilson. I'm, I'm going with the, um, the fan pick. Uh, but Zach really did look sharp in the preseason. I think he'll be more consistent than, say, a, a Justin Fields. Um, I think the Jets seem like they could be at a turning point now. Obviously, Robert Sala is like not an offensive-minded coach, uh, but I think he can you know imbue the franchise with a better culture. Um, and like I feel like this could be a year where even if the Jets aren't good, they won't be as hopeless and they'll like actually be competitive in an AFC East that's besides the Bills fairly open. Who really knows what the Patriots are going to look like? Yeah. Um, the Dolphins are also a question mark with if um, Tua with his first full season as QB. Um, so I think the Jets could be competitive, and Zach Wilson is 
shown nothing but promise in the preseason. Uh, so I, I think he's going to be the best of the bunch. Lucas, what do you think? I want it so bad to be Justin Fields. It has been known that we were big Justin Fields fans on this mm-hmm. podcast, but I couldn't quite pick him just because he's not going to be the starting quarterback, I don't think, for the whole yeah. season. They're running with Andy Dalton at least at the start. <laughs> um, even though I may not... I might question the wisdom of that move. Um, I just think that like he'll probably start maybe around game six, seven, but I just don't think that's enough of a time to be crowned like king of the rookie quarterbacks and, mm-hmm. or be like uh, high up in rookie of the year voting. And I do have a sinking feeling that it is going to be one Mac Jones who is going to be king of the <laughs> sinking feeling. <laughs> um, I think he's in the best situation of any of the rookie quarterbacks. Uh, he feels like he fits the Tom Brady mold Bill Belichick wants. Um, and I think he'll be inserted into that system and thrive. Um, I think Lawrence is just going to get destroyed. Like I, I'm with Aiden on this one. I just do not think it's going to be a good year for him. I'm worried about him. (laughs) Like I can very much see it going the way of Joe Burrow, um, and him being injured relatively early on in the season. And the team is just like so bad that like, I just don't think it's going to go well. Um, Zach Wilson, I came close to picking, um, but I just also don't think the team is that good around him. Um, that's my fear. Um, and, like, a lot of this, I guess, was circumstantial. But I think Mac Jones is, like, good and competent, and he's in a really good situation. And I just, so I think he'll thrive because of that. I just don't have a ton of faith in Trey Lance. So, you know. Yeah. He's off the list. Yeah. Considered Ian Book, too. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. <started>. Yeah. <laughs> Did he make the final roster? Sorry, I, I, I believe so. I, I didn't see anything about him oh, getting okay. cut. So, okay, they didn't trade him for a first round pick yet. That's all the you know rumblings for. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, moving on to first coach to be fired. Uh, I'm the only one picking for this one, and I, I think the safe money is on like Matt Nagy or whatever. Uh, but I'm going with our boy Mike McCarthy. Um, Jerry oh, Jones, not not generally known for his patience, although he did stick um, with Jason Garrett for a while. Um, I think if the like last year McCarthy had an out because the Cowboys were so injured, uh, but if the Cowboys are healthy and underperform, um, I don't think Mac- uh, Mike McCarthy's going to be getting a pass. Um, so I think that this is this could be a year where if the Cowboys stumble out the gate with a healthy Dak, uh, that. It could be could be the end of the line for Mike McCarthy so soon because they only have so long with a, I mean Zeke's getting older, yeah. um, Dax like obviously fragile. Um, I think it's fragile. Got a, he got hurt one time. Uh, it was a major injury, but he no, only no, got no, hurt no. one time. The shoulder happened the off during. Yeah. Okay, he got hurt twice. Yeah. That, uh, before that, he was an Iron Man. He was an Iron Man before that though. Yeah, but you're right. But, no, it's yeah, yeah. you can't we'll you can't lie. It, it doesn't last forever. Yeah, I also think uh, Cliff Kingsbury could potentially yeah, be looking over his a... shoulder. In yeah, because yeah. um, like there there have always been whisperings about like is he does he have an NFL coach resume in the first place after going what like mm. thirty five and forty at Texas Tech. Yeah, um, makes no sense. So they haven't like impressed during his first few years. They were solid last year, um, but I don't think they're going to want to waste like DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler for for too long. Um, especially in the they have a really tough conference so i feel like things could turn south given that they're playing obviously the rams seahawks and 49ers twice they play the browns the titans the packers i think Oof. it could be interesting yeah um, to watch them but, you know, yeah i made like three picks for that sorry uh, <laughs> <laughs> to compensate for the fact that i was really <laughs> exactly um, you but, have to. <laughs> anyway, moving into our team awards, or this is, again, not really an award, but the most <laughs> disappointing team. Jared, who is it going to be? It's an award at the Razzies, you know. Um, exactly. You know, I, I, I it's going to be a team that's going to be facing Mike McCarthy twice. It's the Washington football team. I, I know they had a losing record last year, but they did win the division, so I'm going to put them in the disappointing <laughs> category. I... I I don't think they're going to win the division this year. Like I'm Ryan Fitzpatrick seems like a great person, but I'm not a fan of him as a player. He's had like three winning seasons in his like 20 years in the NFL. And like two of them was like when he played like three games, he started like three games and then like people don't want to say it, but Ron Rivera has also only had three winning seasons, even though he's really highly thought of. And like, I respect him. I, I apparently a lot of the NFL 
respects him a lot. He seems like a good guy as well. But uh, I don't really think that's a winning combination. Like he, I think Ron Rivera's seasons. I I had it pulled up here. I believe they were all Cam Newton basically going crazy. So um, at least one of them was the MVP year, right? So I, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is not Cam Newton, right? Not Cam Newton of old. So I don't think that's really a winning recipe for them. I'm hoping that the fingers crossed that the Cowboys are rebounding this year too. So um, I'm going Washington football team. Lucas, what do you think? I'm going a little bit north, a little bit west, and I'm settling down in Green Bay, Wisconsin. The Packers are going to be pretty disappointing this year. Part of this is just like a pure vibes pick. Um, There's always a lot of talk in like camps about whether the vibes are good or the vibes are bad. Vibes are great in the Eagles camp this year, apparently, despite the fact that they're awful. But the vibes are obviously bad in uh, in Green Bay. Yeah. There's a lot of bad blood between Rodgers and the Packers. And although they retain a lot of their core from last year and a team that went to the NFC Championship, I just think there's going to be a disconnect between Rodgers and the team uh, and that's going to impact things. Um, I think a lot of bad attitude about things. Maybe not give it as all. Maybe that's, you know, not giving enough credit to somebody who's clearly the, an ultimate competitor, but... I just think that like that relationship has been really fractured and it'll be tough to rebuild it. Um, their schedule, pretty hard. I think the NFC North first is going to be sneaky tough this year. I've long said um, that I agree with Wyatt that I think the Lions are going to be decent this year. Um, I think the Vikings are in for a little bit of a rebound. And I think once no. Justin Fields gets going with the Bears, I think they might rebound this year as well. Like people forget, like they think they made the playoffs last year. Uh they were decently good the year before that. Um like they've been a consistently good team. Once they get like a competent quarterback in there, I think they'll be competitive. So they have to play all those teams twice. Then outside of their division, they play the Saints, tough game. They play the 49ers, which I think will be a tough game again this year. And then their AFC opponents this year, the AFC North, which is arguably the best division in the AFC. So they play the Steelers, they play the uh, Ravens, they play the Browns, all really good competitive teams. If Joe Burrow comes back, I think the, you know, in full form, I think the Bengals could be good this year as well. And then they also play the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Chiefs. Like, it's just kind of like a, a murderer's row of a schedule this year. Like, there's very few, like, gimme cupcake games. Also, with the Cardinals, who can be competitive. Washington, who I kind of agree with Jared, will regress a little bit, but will also be competitive. Like, I don't know. I think their schedule is really hard. I think the vibes are kind of off. I can see them putzing, to, even though they're very talented, to like a 9-7 and seven type season where they sneak into the first round of the playoffs and lose and not make the Super Bowl run that I think is expected by a lot of people. No last dance, apparently. <laughs> I can't wait for the doc. The documentary exactly. could the documentary be actually more exciting if they go like 2-14? and 14. They're terrible. Yeah, 2-15. Yeah. The drama. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, closing off with our last award, we've got surprise success team. Um, yeah, this one was hard to find a team that I felt like was genuinely going to be a surprise, or genuinely would be a surprise, but like would not is has like a almost a hundred percent chance of sucking this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not super confident in this one. I won't lie. Like I was thinking the Chargers, but. I think a lot of people think they're going to be doing it. I didn't think that was a big surprise since a lot of people are high on Justin Herbert. And they got a new coach and everything, and they lost a lot of like one-score games, and they went 7-9 last year. Anyway, my team is the Carolina Panthers. And no, not because of Sam Darnold, Colin Coward, Aiden, I hear you. Because I think Matt Rule is a coach that wants to win now, and he's. I think he's a pretty solid coach from what we've seen. I think McCaffrey's hopefully going to be healthy this entire season, right? And they have the seventh easiest schedule based off of last year as well. So I think there's a lot in the right direction. Obviously, they didn't really make too big of a splash with their draft picks. Like, they didn't go O-line or they didn't. They went in the corner for their first pick. But I think I'm going to be keeping my eye on them for sure. I think, uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe Sam Darnold just needed a change of scenery and he's going to look like the, the pick that everybody thought he was going to be. But... um. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna be keeping a close eye on the Panthers to surprise some people. I would be so mad if Sam Darnold got it this year. Just like yeah, change his uniform. Just amazing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Zach Matt Wilson. Wolf. Zach Wilson yeah. will uh, make it all fine. 
Yeah. Exactly. Hey, week one is uh, Zach Wilson versus Sam Darnold. So. Oh heck yeah! Oh, Panthers. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. Live for that drama. The NFL definitely does. Um, but yeah. Anyway, for our, our last segment of the day, uh, we've got one that we did last year. Uh, we we often quote it. Um, we've got our dark horse MVPs. Uh, I forget who everyone picked last year. I know Jared picked Gardner Minshew, which. I picked Drew Looks Locke. good after Drew Locke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gardner Minshew did look good for a week. Drew Locke. I'm, Aiden, you picked Josh sure Allen. Picked. That was a good pick. Oh, yeah. okay. That was yeah. a really good pick. But it's not as dark horses. Exactly. Okay. And Wyatt, Wyatt yes. picked Deshaun Watson, which was like not a dark horse at yeah. all. He was like he had like the oh. third best odds last year. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're going to start out with Lucas. Who's your pick this year? Is it Drew Locke again? Someone else? <laughs> I really, really considered it after watching that one preseason game where he was like four for seven and three for like 200 yards and two touchdowns or whatever. But I went with famous Jameis Winston. Oh, man. Uh, I think he is super talented. We all know that. The last time he was a full-time starter, he threw for 5,109 yards in the season. Led the league. And he also threw for 33 touchdowns in that season. Pretty good numbers. <laughs> Where else did he lead the league? <laughs> he, he also led the league in interceptions when he threw 30, which is a tough look. But I think the potential for greatness is still there. Uh, he's a former number one overall pick who clearly is a good quarterback and was just in a bad situation in Tampa. I just think the system didn't fit him well. Uh, Bruce Arians there. It was kind of chaotic, sort of like getting used to it and all that. Um, he never really had consistency in terms of coaches or anything like that. And he goes into the uh, team with maybe one of the most consistent, like sort of front office coaches in the whole league. And the Saints, I think it's a competent organization. Uh, I think Sean Payton will turn things around for him. Maybe ha- he'll put up similar type numbers, but drop off like. 25 of those picks. Who knows? That'd be an MVP type season if he could That would be. 5,000 yards, 33 touchdowns, and five picks. I'd take that from an MVP. Uh, plus, we don't talk about this enough. He had LASIK eye surgery. So, what more? We talk about ask? this all the time. We, we talk about this. <laughs> no, we talk about it all the time, but we still don't talk about it enough. Okay, fair. So, um, so all that considered, I think the Saints are going to be good again this year. I think James can slot right in and be a Dark Horse MVP. That would be a super fun storyline. Not gonna lie, that would be fun. Really dominates. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a good. I did see his name come up in articles, but that's like a good pick. It's a long shot, but he has some talent. That's a pretty good pick. I don't see it happening though. I think he's gonna throw (laughs) a lot of interceptions still. (laughs) He's gonna be be supplanted like week four by Ian Book. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's, unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) But Jared, you're up. Who's your okay. dark horse MVP? I love this pick, actually. I was inspired by... Jared is feeling his pick. I am feeling my oh, picks. No. <laughs> so Wyatt, Wyatt, who didn't get to, to do this part, but I saw in his outline he picked Tua to be his dark horse MVP. So it made me think of another second-year quarterback. I'm going with Joe Burrow. I, I So I first oh. had to confirm that Joe Burrow would even be playing week one because he hasn't played all preseason. Yeah. And I didn't see his name when I was looking at Dark Horse MVPs, like what were the trendy picks. I didn't see his name on there. So I was like, is he even playing this year? He is. Okay, so first off, let's get the worry about the ACL out of the way first. There's nothing to be worried about. Tom Brady came back from a torn ACL off his MVP season, came back the next season, threw for over 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns. Maybe your concern is, okay, he, didn't, he only had 10 games his rookie season. Uh, he doesn't have enough reps or whatever. But let's look back. To be fair, Lamar Jackson kind of came out of nowhere when he won his MVP in his second season. Mm-hmm. He only started seven games and only had 11 total touchdowns. He only had six passing touchdowns, five rushing, which obviously is impressive. But six and three inter touchdown interception ratio in his rookie season. He was getting booed in their playoff game, I remember. Little did the Ravens, the Ravens fans, little did they know what was about to happen the next year. But he also, like, they passed him a lot. Like, I I think in his second week, he already had, like, 50 attempts against the Browns in that game, which is pretty crazy. They got Jamar Chase. They got him a weapon in Jamar Chase. And T. Higgins, I think, are both going to be animals this year. I have T. Higgins, I believe, on one of my fantasy teams. So I'm expecting big things from him. Um, The only worry, I think, is if the O-line is going to protect him and keep him healthy again through the whole season. But apparently, you know, there's reports coming out from Cincinnati that his arm strength has has really increased 
over the offseason, and he's poised for a big year. I, I was tempted to go Justin Herbert, but he's like the trendy pick right now. So I was like, mm-hmm. it wasn't dark. It wasn't dark enough for me for a dark horse MVP. So I'm going Joe Burrow. I, I'm. Uh, I feel. I love that pick. Actually, I feel really good about it. <laughs> Yeah, I like it a lot too. I, I like Joe Burrow as a person too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the whole controversy this this um, preseason that Jamar Chase couldn't catch anything, or, like really? catch balls. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, he, had, he had like a ton of drops. So if he can catch it, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I could see Joe Burrow having some success. Yeah. Um, anyway, for my pick, I'm going with Matt Stafford. Um, I think he's going to get that elusive first playoff win. Um, he finally has the weapons. He's got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, uh, both barely missed a hundred, a thousand yard, a hundred yard seasons last year, a thousand yard seasons last year. <laughs> um, he's got a good O line and a coach that's not Matt Patricia, uh, which will <laughs> which will be good news. Also, Matt Stafford's known for stepping up in the clutch. He's the seventh most fourth quarter comebacks of all time and the most since he oh. entered the league in two thousand nine. Was it? Um, wow. so I think he's gonna, I think that can work into the narrative. I think he's going to come up big, have some dramatic wins in, um, a, the pretty, pretty tight NFC West. Um, he's still definitely got that arm. He had the best, two best Q, uh, QBRs of his career the last two years. Um, so oh. he's still, still got it. Um, and now he's got competency around him. So I think that'll work in his favor. Um, so yeah, not, not the darkest of dark horses, but, um, I would, I would be happy to see Matt um, get MVP, but maybe maybe I'd be happier for Joe Burrow. I don't know. <laughs> I really like that <laughs> I'd pick. Be happy I didn't for consider Stafford. that. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a good pick. Exactly. Also, did we check in on whether he sold that house in Detroit that he was? Oh no! Trying he, to yeah. Jared Goff. Maybe Jared Goff yeah, got yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's a quick transfer. Honestly, I'll then go... Jared Goff really lucked out because <laughs> that same house in LA is like thirty million. In yeah, exactly, exactly. Million, so. just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll check Zillow after this. Yeah, right. Yeah. See, see yeah. what's up with that with that listing. Um, uh, the applications are in uh, for admission to the Big Twelve. It's it's the hottest hottest uh, place to be in town. The yep. Big Twelve. It's Cincy, BYU, Houston, and UCF kind of the who's who of uh non-power five teams all applied for admission to the big 12 um i think that would bring up to 12 correct if all four were admitted in who knows yeah. how uh how judgy or how uh how tough it'll be to get in uh, but <laughs> yeah. anyway lucas we're gonna start with you is this a good move for the for these schools to apply well, it appears like they're not being too selective the admission no. rate appears to be 100 percent for those who apply um i think honestly the best part of all of this is that starting in 2025 it'll the big 12 will have 12 teams again for like the first time in a long time mm. um so that's fun um but getting into the meat of this i don't think it's a good move um I do think, to briefly mention another sort of sign up before I get into it, I think the two years of overlap, if they don't allow Oklahoma and Texas out early, in which these four teams are in the conference, and Oklahoma and Texas are in the conference, are going to be really fun, because these teams are all set to join in 2023, and Texas and Oklahoma aren't set to leave until 2025. Mm-hmm. So I think that might legitimately like become this one, maybe the second best conference I, I will, for those two years. Um, and I think that's going to be really, really fun. Um, and the 14 teams, it'll be big. It'll be the size of, you know, the ACC and the Big Ten and the SEC and all that. Um, so I think for two years, well, we're going to have a really good parity between the conferences then. Yeah. Um, but other than that, once Oklahoma and Texas leave after the 2024 season, I think it becomes a very lateral move. So let's look at what the Big 12 will be in 2025. Barring any other sort of chaotic moving around. It'll be Baylor. It'll be Iowa State. It'll be Kansas. It'll be <laughs> Kansas State. It'll be Oklahoma State. TCU. Texas Tech. West Virginia. UCF. Cincinnati. Houston. And BYU. How many potentially elite programs are there in that conference? Probably zero. How many good teams are there in that conference? That have had good teams in the last 10 to 15 years? Maybe four or five. Oklahoma State's had some good teams. TCU's had some good teams. UCF's obviously had a national champion. Um, Cincinnati has uh, <laughs> been good, and West Virginia. Um, they've all had sort of nice runs in, say, the past 15 years, but none has ever really been like a true, true contender for a title. 
what it came down to it at the end of the season. Um, and I don't think at this point we consider any of the programs who would be in that conference elite or even sort of really like historical powers. Like if you could, if you look at that conference and pick it out, like who's the best historically or has any sort of weight, maybe Oklahoma state, maybe West Virginia. I don't know though. I think it's like hard to really pick. Um, and the two departing programs are two of the most historic, most elite name brands in college football in Texas and Oklahoma. So while I think the conference probably remains better after this than any of the group of five conferences, especially <laughs> now that the group of five conferences are being sucked of their best teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I think makes things, I think it becomes closer maybe to the group of five conferences than it does to the power five. Maybe. I think for the most part though, like the big 12 after this will like occupy this weird, like liminal space between like the power four and the group of five where it's just like, they're not a conference that's as good as the power five but they're clearly also better than the group of five so i think which maybe it's sort of where it's at at this point so i don't know it's like maybe a very slight upgrade for those teams but i don't think it's like a huge huge upgrade by any means just like looking at the totality of the conference as a whole and i think with losing in texas with losing texas and oklahoma they'll lose sort of that name brand recognition the conference does they had before yeah i agree what do you think it'll look like though in comparison to the pac-12 how will it be viewed honestly because the pac-12 is a laughing stock to the rest of the college football uh world right and it's really the only thing holding the pac-12 up is usc is like usc's historical um dominance and oregon's like kind of ubiquity nowadays and Oregon's a newcomer to the stage, so there's there's no reason why Cincinnati couldn't take that like Oregon spot or BYU maybe could take that spot. Like they have a pretty good national following, like national brand. They won a national championship in like the last forty years, uh, whatever they won it, like nineteen eighty or whatever. So um, forty one years. <laughs> um, I think it'll look it'll look dumb if like all of a sudden the American con- if they expand the playoffs and then all of a sudden like the American conference is kind of like up there with the Big Twelve and stuff, but like you said they kind of like they just took out anything that the American conference did have any leverage they did have in the college football playoff by putting it in the Big Twelve now. I think with expansion expansion still being in flux though it's a pretty smart move I think overall the Big Twelve is still gonna have it's still a historical like brand uh, the Big Twelve is. Whether whether OU and Texas are in it or not, I think. I don't think. I mean, the conference started in 1996. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how historic can that be? I mean, we're all born like around that time. The, I don't well, think we're not the SEC, the, SEC, <laughs> the SEC started in like 92. Yeah. So, but it's it, I don't know. I just think I that. Know. But yeah, like I think what made the Big Twelve historic was when it started. It had like historical powers like Oklahoma and Texas and Nebraska, and then doesn't anymore so like i don't know if you take out all the aspects that made it historic can it still really be considered a historic brand i don't think so they still have texas they still have some texas schools still i mean obviously they're adding houston they're gonna have baylor and texas tech yeah i mean all the bottom of the heap uh, (laughs) yeah but they're still in the heart of college football land or of high school football land i should say yeah so also i I lied the big 12 was 94 not 96 but I don't think it makes a huge difference <laughs> yeah. on the on the scale of things, but I don't know. I think that like some of these teams could have maybe held out for potentially better moves if like it's all in flux. Like I think UCF could have held out to join the ACC. I absolutely believe that they could have done that. Mm. Um, yeah, I think Cincinnati could have held out to join the ACC as well. And I think both of those would have been better moves. Yeah, because I think the I, ACC yeah. is going to try and like fill the the space of maybe like the second. The conference are reinforced to try and get to that level and i think adding ucf and since would have been really smart moves there yeah i think they all got kind of scared like mm-hmm. uh, like you know ucf and cincinnati that they were just like if everyone else was jumping ship like they didn't want to be the only ones left in the case let's say an acc thing didn't um the acc didn't extend an invite or whatnot um mm-hmm. but honestly i don't like i don't see the acc is that much better either than yeah this retooled big 12 i mean clemson I the ACC has big, bigger brands. They have Miami. They have Florida State. They do have Miami. Yeah, I think Florida State's a big brand. I think. Yeah. yeah. Virginia Tech is like at least like in mm. a recent history. Virginia Tech it, is like Baylor. 
to me. No, honest. Virginia yeah. Tech yeah, is way are. better Come than on, Baylor. No, 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 no. They have the Enter Sandman thing. That's like an iconic college football like moment. They have which has nothing like to do with Virginia, but straight. whatever. Yeah, well, what is they just picked a cool they just picked a cool hype song and they're like oh look at, i don't know yeah that's fun i, I don't, don't think it's really a tradition i think just it's a cool intro and I don't well, know. <laughs> bc is climbing is like a good school pick what bc no, is kansas we're stretching we're at stretching. best has been no. trophy winner uh, maybe Ka- kansas has less miles that coach there a couple years ago <laughs> charlie weiss yeah, there yes. you go. They stormed the Kansas, field this week. After beating South Dakota 17 to 14. Yeah. That's not yes. worthy of storming the field. <laughs> <laughs> there are at least three big brands in the ACC. I don't think you can say that about yeah. a real tool, Big 12, retool Big 12. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, I can't I can't disagree with you on that. For basketball but the, schools, sure. But yeah, the ACC is yeah. even better there. So No, I mean, yeah. going down the yeah. line, if we ever bring this yeah. into basketball, the Big 12 <laughs> basketball conference is going to be wild now. Like, Houston's yeah. good. Yeah, they'll um, be really good. I mean, they are already were good. And, like, Oklahoma and, Te- like, Texas has been good of late. But, like, those aren't the powers anyway, I feel like, of the conference. Like, yeah. I and know. Cincinnati and Houston both have, like, legit basketball programs as well. Yeah. Yeah, so you add that really to fun. Baylor and Kansas and West Virginia. That's that's pretty mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. yeah. Texas Tech made the yeah. Final Four in 2019. Yeah, yeah. No, that is a, yeah. like, that's up there um, with the ACC. Probably is the best. Yeah, yeah. But, I think yeah. that <laughs> on the football uh, front, though, the Big 12 only has to be better than the Pac-12, though, and vice versa. The Pac-12 only has to be better than the Big 12. You just don't want to be considered the worst of the Power 5, and then you're not in jeopardy yeah. of losing that uh, – designation right i think if you have one team that is like can can one team can hold up that conference that's what the clemson does for the acc that's what oregon does for the pac-12 one team can hold up that conference yeah i think as long as someone's in the discussion every year in terms of like you know when it comes playoff time and whatnot as long as some team's name is being tossed around um when you reach a point where they're like totally out of it that's yeah that's the danger area i feel like for for relevance how do we think the the committee will look at things too like if there's like a if there's an undefeated pac-12 champion kansas state just just saying a name versus like a 12 and one pac-12 champion how do you think that they would see that going into the future wait an undefeated big 12 champion yeah undefeated Kansas State goes thirteen and that. Yeah, they would be in as they are want to do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think they would be. They would. They would make it over a twelve and one Pac twelve team easily. Would they make it over twelve sure. and one Clemson? I don't know. I don't know. I think that like I, I can't explain to you why. I think the Pac twelve still will have just have like a hold in terms of like the minds of like <laughs> the, the community and stuff. No, it just feels like a, it's more a, cohesive. A more, it's more cohesive. It's more coherent conference. It is. Like. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think you guys are down on the Pac-12 in ways that you probably shouldn't be, and I can't believe that I'm. The I one love the Pac-12. Why? What is the, like, terrible, the Pac-12 has done of late? Yeah, in they've made the playoff. They, yeah, Oregon made it one time, and that's it. No, Washington made Washington. it. Okay, time. okay, they got destroyed by Bama though that year. Yeah, but everybody gets destroyed by Bama every that's year. Fair. So like, that's fair. Who knows? Uh, Utah is consistently good. USC is a historic. Utah's brand. not consistently good. Yes, they are. No, they're they're streaky at best. Look at look up their last whatever however many records. Yeah, I'll look Arizona, up. Arizona State up is ranked with her yeah. They're ranked. <laughs> um, Stanford until like two years ago was good. They've kind of fallen. Yeah, off yeah. The Stanford years. has. Um, I don't know. Washington State had Gardner Minshew once. Hey, yeah, they oh, did. Those were the days. <laughs> I always root I for Wazoo, it's... but they're not making the the freaking playoffs. I'm sorry. Colorado, they uh, they were good in the '90s. They won a national championship back then. Um, I don't know. I just think that like the Pac-12 has such like a cohesive history, and like also has teams that have been good, that like it'll get the benefit of the doubt over like this sort of like slap dash thrown together, <laughs> like Big Twelve. Like what holds this conference together other than like their Oklahoma own State. survival? Mm-hmm. No, like, nothing <laughs> holds it together. There's no similarity. They're not, like yeah. Cincinnati's in Ohio, like, UCF's yeah. in Florida. Like there's just like yeah. there's nothing holding this conference together geographically, really. No, honestly, I do like that about the Pac-12 is that they're all gonna be playing in you know like uh, Pacific time. Besides maybe like Arizona State, I guess. 
Like they're cohesive from that Utah. geographical sense. Yeah. Oh, and Colorado. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's like seventy-five percent. That, <laughs> yeah. Compared to like the Big Twelve, yeah, which will just be like all over the place at this point, and a bunch of them will be, of course. Like the SEC can, you know, can do that and be fine. Um, but I feel like the others are just like slapdash, and there's no rhyme or reason to anything. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree, but. We'll see if it if it means UCF can somehow make the playoff, then I'm all for it. That's that's just why I'm here for this <laughs> development. The year they and join, they'll probably just expand it to twelve, and this move will be meaningless. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> but we'll see. I don't know. They look good. They beat Boise State this past weekend. Huge comeback win. Gus Malzahn. Yeah. Did they look uh, good though? They won. That's okay. all that matters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't see that game because it w- it went into a, like a weather delay or something, so I didn't get yeah, to see that. Yeah, it was delayed one. for like three and a half hours. It didn't start till like ten Eastern. Oh my gosh! Or something. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. I'm excited for it. Yeah. All right, and with that, I think we'll wrap up the episode. Thanks for tuning in uh, to some more college football talk. We always love to have you here when we do it. Um, And if you want to hear more of what you heard today, make sure to listen on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on SoundCloud. Those are the main platforms you can find us on. Um, And in addition to that, check us out on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok. The handle's the same for all of them. It's at YouThoughtSport. Don't add the S on the end. YouThoughtSport. Um, and engage with us. We love to hear from you. Vote in our polls, comment on our posts. We love our adoring fans, and we'll see you all next week. <laughs>